It's the dozenth dozen episode of Requiem for a Tuesday. This is Adam Pecora. How the hell are ya? That's right, 12 squared, ladies and germs. Really running the gambit here for ya. Trying to keep that content machine churning. I'm a word factory. Hope you're doing well. Uh, (laughs) Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please and thank you. Check out the merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. Follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. That's R-F-A-T, ladies and gentlemen. Multiplex, all false noise streaming everywhere now. Linktree slash rfat, all the goodies. Everything's linked in the description below. Check it out. Justice got a lot of good stuff cooking up, too. Microwave minutes, of course. I don't know. Have those been coming out? You tell me. (laughs) no they have been kind of sporadic but better than usual so that's good so look i mean i don't know if a show has ever made me just so ecstatic and exuberant and There's a word I'm searching for that I just can't seem to find. But I don't know. I just get very animated during succession. It just pushes all my little buttons. Uh, Every fucking week. So look, it was like the first five episodes in a row were just ramping up quality, quality, quality. Six and seven, a little bit of a dip. You know, they took some time to do some like... Hard character stuff, build some things, you know, slow it down a little bit too. Because, I mean, you know, you can only do so much of like, the deal's going to work. No, it's not going to work. No, the deal's going to work. No, it's not going to work. Now we have the power. You know, the tug of war, we can't do that for five straight episodes. So I'm glad that they pivoted from it a little bit kind of just switched us back into political mode it's kind of nuts i mean they just don't obey any of their own shit in a great way like it's always been like this but like the events do not have to correlate or directly follow anything it's like oh this episode the fbi's raiding next episode up there's a scandal over here up next episode Whatever, we just have like a problem for today. It's a sitcom, like it's just big scale. It's incredible stuff. And now, I mean, we go from the death being the main focus thing to the deal being the main focus thing. And now the election's the main focus thing. And I guess my point is just they do a great job of making it seem very important and relevant and fresh. And like, yeah, of course this is what they're talking about now. Like I've never once like, Jesus, aren't we kind of just jumping around? Cause we are, but it never phases me. It never takes me out of it because 
I just want the characters to be doing something fun, making fun jokes, and being fucking dickheads to people. Like, it doesn't really matter what the situation is as long as it's interesting, and it just keeps getting more and more interesting all the time. It's unbelievable. And it's like, Logan Logan almost could have died midway through season three, and we could have ran this for half of the show. That would have been fucking awesome. Could have been episode one. Look, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Everything is going great. Uh, This was just a lightning bolt of an episode. A ton of comedy, a ton of drama, a ton of everything. Just full energy, full throttle for fucking an hour plus. I don't even know how long it was. But I just get lost in in these fucking hours, man. They're incredible. Big victory episode for Greg. Making power moves, fucking Shiv over. And look, Tom gave Shiv multiple opportunities to do the sensitive, real, honest conversation. He's been trying to do it going back to last season where she used to completely shut him down. And now, you know, now that Logan's died, they're kind of opening up more and more to each other. But she still keeps just twisting it and turning it into a play and fucking him over just trying to gain things on him, even though some of it, well, here's the thing. I still think that she means some of it some of the time, but then she goes and betrays him again every time. And she seems to be like phased by why he's returning it now. You know, she like doesn't seem to understand that she can't just get away with everything all the time. And he's just going to let it go. He's like, fuck it. Like we should get divorced. You know what I mean? Like I'm out of this. And she can't handle that. She can't handle anything. Of course, being pregnant doesn't help that at all. Uh, but she tries to finally play that card. It's like you had all these opportunities to tell him, and you want to give people the benefit of the doubt with the dad dying thing. But it's like, look, these are big stakes. You know, doesn't mean you get the free pass to just fuck people over again, especially when that's what you do anyway. So you kind of don't get that benefit of the doubt here. Uh, you know. It sucks because you know that Tom does want a kid. So it's unfortunate that he said, like, is this a play? And he just keeps pushing her away. But it, it was a play. You know, even if the play was like, I'm desperate, so I'll be honest. It still was like a move. Like, it's a last ditch effort for me to cling to somebody because everything's blowing up in my face. You know what I mean? It It wasn't like, okay, now's the time to tell Tom. You know, it still was like. I'm doing this because my back's up against the wall now, which is your own doing. You know, I've been pretty anti-Shiv. I'm going to admit it. feel like I've been open about that. But, uh, it look, the only way it works is somehow the Matson deal still goes through. There's a lot of things to do. But all she can really try to do is keep throwing her family under the bus, which means she'll just be alone. And so it just seems less and less likely that she'll just be like, oh, I'm the winner, which I feel like everybody's done a great job of pointing out. Like, there's not going to be like a winner just because everybody's a miserable loser as a person. But I do, I mean, some party of this is going to come out with like a victory in terms of I have the job I was looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
somebody's going to end up the CEO. Somebody's going to end up the head of ATN. And things are looking up for Greg. Look, he's on both Matson and Kendall's good side at the same time. Because I don't think selling out Shiv pisses off Matson. He doesn't give a fuck. He's using her anyway. He just knows this kid's cold. And this kid fucking is. He's got ice in his veins. He's a moron. But, hey, silence is gold and how much is it worth? Whatever the fucking line is. I love this shit. Shiv tries to say, don't fuck me. He's like, fuck you, bitch. You're donezo. Stonewalder looked her right in the eyes. Unbelievable. Fucking love Greg. Tom's doing pretty well, too. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to stop whimpering. And I'm going to fucking man up and make a decision. He's like, that's what everybody seems to take out of everything. Is like, I just need to man up and make a choice. That's all they took out of Logan's entire thing was just that he was like decisive. They're missing that like he was good at business, even if he was ruthless. Like he still knew what he was doing, which is the part that they all don't seem to understand. Is that none of them have any idea what they're doing at any point in time. I mean, that's why, like, in moments like this, Roman does kind of seem like he would be top dog because he can just put his foot down and, like, do a thing. But, see, what they have done a great job of is showing the variations of that. So, at first, when you see it this season, you're like, oh, he is a capable leader. Like, look at him. He's acting right. He's doing what you should do. He's putting his head down, putting things aside, and, like, just making choices, being sound and firm. And then you watch him get emotional and do it again. And you're like, oh, he's just throwing a tantrum. And then, oh, he does it again. It's like, oh, this whole time he hasn't been like decisive and confident. He's just being like petulant or whatever. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. I'm not smart enough for you guys. Um, That's what the focus groups are saying. I'm not smart enough. Um, Anyway. I don't think I don't think any of anything I do would do very well in a focus group. I'll just say that right now. Play play this tape for a bunch of fucking losers who are getting free sodas or whatever for six hours of their day. I don't I don't think they'll be into it. But hey, would love to be wrong. Call me. But hey. I'm it was it was as riveting as any episode this season. You didn't want it to end. Um, and look, it's just like none of them have ever had any real repercussions. So I don't imagine that all of a sudden this show is going to 180 super hard and be like, actually, the election is blah, blah, blah. And ATN is sanctioned and everybody's going to jail like that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Worst case, they're going to end up paying some massive fine, but I think they, they're they going to end up winning out on the Matson thing, I think. It just doesn't seem like the show has any interest in, like, keep it, like moving this guy to America and putting him in these guys' lives permanently. Like, I don't see the show ending and, like, moving forward for the rest of their lives. That guy's the CEO of their father's company, and they have to, you know what I mean? He's like coming in to the office. 
So we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's unpredictable, as is Barry, the show that comes on after it, which I think for the first time all year, I've got some gripes. And look, not that it wasn't a little bit like, oh, we're jumping forward eight years. Like, that's radical. And it's also kind of like, it's also kind of just like, maybe not Parks and Rec is a great example, but it's the first one that comes to mind. Just like the flash forward ending. Kind of a cop out. That's all I'm saying. Now this, they're just telling the same story. It just happens to be eight years later. They're not really filling in any gaps for like nostalgia or fun or so you can learn what happened to these people. Basically, everything stayed coarse as it was, like the way they left it. There's nothing like, oh, everything's dramatically changed. The gene thing is weird, and I'm guessing they're going to reveal more of that in the next episode, but I'm not really that interested, and it just seems arbitrary some of the choices. So I'm going to get into that. And I, again, I'm going to give this show a ton of credit and a hundred percent benefit of the doubt here that it's going to work out great. I mean, they nail it all the time. I just have some things to nitpick. Um, the episode I did think was very entertaining and I was engaged the whole time and I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like this episode sucked by any means. I'm just saying for once they kind of did predictable things, which is like if that's the criticism of the show, hey, again, they're doing a fucking phenomenal job. Do not get me wrong. Um, It was just like, okay, let's just dive right in. With the whole Gene thing, it's just like eight years and all of a sudden he comes back and he claims it's because they were... All of a sudden, they're making a movie about this, I believe is the reason. And then he showed up to the studio to tell them not to do it. And in doing so, it alerts Barry. Well, either way, Barry assumes that he's attached once he learns that they're making the movie. And he needs to go to L.A. to kill Gene. There's no logic to this at all. You know, obviously, he's a wanted guy for trying to kill Gene. So, you know, that's obviously just stupid. Uh, that's how Barry is. What can you say? So, I mean, that's true to the character, uh, which Sally also kind of points out. Look, they've been gone for so long. All that they had to do was just leave the country. Now, obviously, again, Barry's an idiot and wants to be like a classic American family man. So it's all just dumb, but I'm just saying, like, logic would say they could have just gotten away from all of this completely, like, and even if, so even if there was a movie, they'd be in another country and it wouldn't matter. So, whatever. Uh, see, there just becomes a lot of holes when you jump forward either way, so I don't know. Uh, what else? So, yeah, he just goes to L.A., gets there pretty quickly. I don't really know if they ever explicitly said where they went. Anyway, so it could have been close. I mean, they could have just been in fucking Arizona the whole time, Nevada, whatever. Uh, maybe they did mention it. I don't know. You know, your boy, your boy's a little buzzed by Sunday night. You know, so some of this episode's a little fuzzy, perhaps. If that's all right with you. Anyway, he shows up. <laughs> and look. Gene's just kind of baited there. The door's open for no reason. Apparently, he didn't kill his son. 
So that's interesting. So it's like, why did he disappear then? Especially, I don't, I don't know. I just don't buy it. But hey, maybe we'll find out more. Like I said. And then Barry walks up and fucking Moss is there and just snatches him up. And it's like, look, okay, this is my problem. This is just exactly what happened the first time. And now maybe that's the point. They're trying to say, like, hey, look, Barry's this stupid. He can get lured into the same trap twice. But I also think, or maybe they're just trying to prove Moss is this good that he could lure him into the same trap twice because all we've seen is Barry overpower like entire armies of gangsters so it's just like if we're trying to there's just a point to where it's like inconsistent where I feel like all that they've tried to do is show things that are true to a character so it's just like wouldn't Barry be more aware of something like this again if it's exactly what got him caught in the first place was this exact scenario the two of them luring Barry into something I don't know it just doesn't seem like that's something he wouldn't forget wouldn't be aware of and I also just feel like okay well so we're just doing this again so it's like why did we need him to go to jail just so you could flash forward like because you just really wanted to flash forward I just don't really see the purpose I guess it's not really accomplishing anything if all that happened is Barry then moves back to LA and everything's just the same show but in the future for no reason I I don't know like again I feel like next week I'm just going to regret everything I say and this episode looks really stupid and it all ties it back in really well and it's great I've that's my expectation frankly is for me to be wrong I just feel the need to point it out because it's like all of a sudden why is this happening you know And then Hank is, he like went legit successfully, um, but for some reason is helping Fuchs. It's like, if you go legit, why would you want to deal with this guy no matter what? You know, wouldn't you just like pay him off to go away? Which I guess he's kind of doing, but he's paying him off and keeping him at his property and like having him work for him. I mean, I guess you're not going to go like legit, legit, right? You're still going to want that part of the business to be going on and like laundering and shit. Sure. Okay. Guess I just talked myself into it, but I digress. Uh, didn't see what any of the point of that was. He's just like, find me Barry. And they're like, Oh, we're going to find Barry. You know what I mean? And now it's like all coming to a head where they're all just going to be fighting each other. And I don't know. It just seems like we kind of got jerked around just to be at the exact same point. It's like now all of a sudden, They're all trying to fight each other again, but it's like that's where the plot was and then it intentionally changed everything just to bring it right back. It it just feels like an unnecessary detour for right now, and I just keep repeating myself and saying the same thing in circles. So you get the point. That's where we're at. But again, entertaining episode. I, I, I believe and have confidence that they will pull through. It's unfortunate that this is the one week because of the writer's strike that there's not a Bill Hader recap for me to vibe off of and maybe get a little more insight and realize that I'm overthinking or underthinking certain parts of everything. 
you know, which usually is the case where it's like, oh, wow, I'm just fucking stupid. And that's why I don't have an HBO show, you know. Uh, So we'll see. I think they'll pull through, but I do think that we're at risk is all I'm saying. Take those notes into consideration for episode nine because we could be down a disappointing path again. I think that's unlikely. I just want to be very I want to be on the right side of history here that I'm trying to be positive and optimistic about it. Just cautious, just cautious. Kind of the opposite effect of Succession and Barry episodes. An interesting Sunday night, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, prestige television indeed. Feels great. Look, it's a shame that it's going to be two weeks because I wish that they're like, fuck it. Let's just give the people what they want. Let's just do two episodes of each. You know, let's go nine, ten, back to back. Barry in succession, season finale. You know what I mean? Series finales. Let's run it. That's the kind of excitement I want. Now, I wish I could wait out next week and then binge them or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? I just I want it all. What can I say? I'm a classy guy. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. My mouth's very dry. You can imagine why. Uh, <laughs> two weeks. I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, the you know, I've talked about this. Then the bear's coming up. Look, we got things down the pike. It's exciting. But still, two monumental generational shows coming to an end at the same time. Very thrilling. Very, very thrilling. No idea how either's going to end. They have no... No fucking predictability in sight. So... We will have to wait and see. A lot better than Bupkis, I'll fucking tell you that. (laughs) That show did not float any boats for your boy. Listen, I just want to take the rest of this time to do the full fanboy out, you know, for like seven minutes here. Just bear with me, literally, as we're going to talk to Chicago Bears. So we're post-draft. How am I feeling? The schedule's out. Uh, Look, I ultimately was very wrong about the win-loss total last year. But I feel that all of my arguments for what I felt about the team and how they would play were pretty damn accurate. They were in every fucking game. They don't know how to win. That's fine. So they lost more than anybody. Whatever. The fact that they were in every game is encouraging. The fact that they could lead the league in rushing is encouraging. Like fucking naggy. We were last in both, like not literally, you know what I mean? But bottom of the barrel in both. Everybody was like, they can't throw, so start to run. And they would carry it 30 times, but for like, you know, 66 yards. And it's like, this is fucking horrific. We have 120 yards for the game. So look, the fact that there's competency, there's real coaching, the guys are learning, they're getting better. The offense made real strides throughout the season. All of that stuff happened. 
And what did they add? Every single missing piece outside of, you know, pressure on the defensive edge. So look, offensive line, 100% improvement. Uh, with Cody Whitehair is going to be center. Now we have two strong guards, Tevin Jenkins, Nate Davis. Darnell Wright, first-round pick at tackle, fucking amazing. I mean, you watch his tape against Georgia, who everybody from Georgia was a high, highly touted defensive guy, went in the first round or second, either way. And Braxton Jones did well at left tackle. We're keeping him. Look, it's not the best offensive line in the league, but it's 100% going to be better than last year. With Justin Fields' improvements, which are apparently great with his quick-release footwork, all of that stuff. Should get the ball out faster with more protection. Should be a lot less pressure, especially with now better receivers. No excuses for Chase Claypool. It was either a huge bust of a trade, which it looks like it kind of was either way, because we could have just added more talent. Uh, Whatever. I liked that there was an effort there. Hopefully he's great and we re-sign him and then it's all whatever for me. Uh, but if we just, you know, whatever. Now with DJ Moore and him, just everything combined, we have two good guys at tight end with the Tanyan addition. Receiver, we're deep. Running back, we're deep. Everybody loves the Roshan Johnson pick as well. So the offense is solid. The defense, look, if the rookie D tackles are good, then the defensive line is a huge improvement. Otherwise, I don't know if even the free agency signings matter. The defensive line might just be a total wash and might be trash again this year. We'll see. I hope the rookies are good. They're not who I wanted. What do I know, though? Ultimately, I just go off of who are the names I know. So these guys could be great. I hope that they are. I trust Ryan Pauls. It's just every pick doesn't work out, you know. Um, but I mean, at linebacker fully reformed in free agency, plus the Noah Sewell addition is apparently great. We'll see either way linebacker. We're set. We have a top linebacking core in the league, uh, secondary fully addressed. I mean, Jalen Johnson's great. I hope he gets resigned. I don't know what's going on there. We have plenty of cap space still to go. So we can still have guys to resign. I understand that, uh, fingers crossed for him. Uh, but they answered it with the second-round pick, Tyreek Stevenson. Apparently, he's going to start, and then Kyler Gordon can start in the slot. Uh, safety, we're set with Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson's back with the new scheme. Love it. He played great. Back to loving him after two horrific years. Uh, Jaquan Brisker instantly loved him, and he's only going to be better. So, I mean, I love... All the moves on the defense. The defense still needs work. Hopefully the new additions. I mean massive additions across the board. Plus another rookie corner to add depth. Forgot his name. Uh, So we have at least a ton of depth. (laughs) That we didn't have before. On the D line. And hopefully just a little more pressure. With all the new other new additions. You know. Should kind of marry up together maybe we'll get some more coverage sacks and things like that that's kind of where we're at hoping for things like that so the run defense will be better which hopefully can you know lend itself everything has to 
play in a hand with each other. But I think the defense will still kind of struggle, but I think we'll be able to actually win some more of those games. So I think we'll be near like an 8-10 to 10 win team, especially with a more favorable schedule. We have a lot of rest. Apparently, we have like the most breaks between games overall that like you could possibly get. So that could play into it, especially with fields. Just give him a little less pressure. Like he'll probably be running less. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm this team is a massive improvement, like a complete overhaul. It's as quick. It's a true rebuild. It's what you see happen to every other team. And it's just again, this is what I felt last year about just having real competent coaches and front office. And it's like we just have continue to have all of that, and it's a real team that's happening. And it's just hard to believe that we're having a real team and it seems like we're actually on a real track for something, which is, seems to be what's happening in Detroit as well. So it's like us in Detroit completely flipping our scripts. Um, and, yeah, I think they can win, like I said, 10 games, maybe die for a playoff spot. I think being like a contender, we're a year away. I think one more strong draft and free agency run like next year like the year after this upcoming year, it's going to be the real time for it's like, okay, this is like a real chance. But I think this year, best case is like pleasant surprise, didn't think they'd be here type team. But uh, I'm loving the fucking direction and I'm really fired up and I just needed a chance to get all that out because nobody will listen. So I had to tell all you lovely people. So I'm glad that you listened or, hey, at least this is on tape. Go fucking Bears. Thrilled for the season. Uh, still more moves to come. So I'm sure we're going to get some cap casualty guys, maybe some off season trades, who knows what additions we might make and become an even better team. Hopefully we don't give up too much draft capital when we do that, if we do that. Uh, but I think there's only going to only going to be improvements from here. We'll see. Of course I will talk about it on here. So don't you worry, baby. Thanks. <laughs> All right. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out all the links in the description below. Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. This is Adam Pacora. Peace out, y'all. And remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. I said calc, calc, calculator. <laughs>